Hello! Ahoy! Welcome to Season 3, Episode 12. Yes? 12. Yes. Yes. Of Bottom of the Stream. I I'm didn't Adam. write that down on my notes. I'm Nick. And this is Bottom of the Stream. How are you, Nick? Very good. Good. Me too. Um, I am looking forward to talking about this movie. Yeah, um, me too. It's going to be a good one, I think. Yeah. And I just enjoy talking to your good self, of course. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, Still not together. No. Although there was a sign earlier today that that might come sooner than we thought. As we were yeah. People who live alone are now allowed to mingle with another household. So in theory, you could come to my house, but I couldn't come to your house. Exactly. But if I come to your house, then I can't go to my parents' house. Correct. And it's more likely that they're going to cook me dinner. Yes. So for the time being, I'm going to go to their house, if that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> But um, the signs but yes. are there that things are changing and that maybe we will get together sooner than we initially anticipated. I might be able to go back to the zoo soon. Yes, that's true. The zoos are reopening. The, the um, one year that you choose to get a life, a year-long membership to a zoo, the zoo's been closed for most of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Um, no, they're going to extend it. So uh, Oh, that's, I know, that's good. That's nice of them. Nice yeah. any World Cards being extended for the duration as well, which is nice. Good. I, I mean, you, I think you're a long way off from that, uh, getting back into a cinema, to be honest. I don't understand what the issue with cinemas is, because they're the only people, entertainment people, that can restrict how many people go in and restrict where people sit. Sure. So what's the issue? That's what I don't see the issue with cinemas. I see it with pubs and restaurants. Uh, nothing's coming out. Well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> that <laughs> is an issue. Um, there's only two films scheduled for July, so it's going to be interesting if they do open what they're going to show. Yeah, at, at time of recording, yeah. uh, Christopher Nolan's film is still scheduled for July, isn't That's, it? It's that and Mulan. Uh, Mulan, are the Mulan? Only, Mulan. Moulin Rouge. <laughs> um, Mulan and Tenet are the only two films scheduled for release in July currently. Okay. So if they do open in July, what are they going to show me? <laughs> well, those. I mean... <laughs> I'll just go and see those like every week. I still don't want to see Mulan, even if it's the only thing I can see. Well, they've took the songs out. Yeah. And the songs awful. are great. The trailer's terrible. Um, at least with Disney, um, they've got a fallback option. They've got, um, I think it's the end of this week. Um, maybe I think it'll be out by the time this we release this. But they're they're releasing Percy Jackson, um, onto the straight onto Disney Plus. So that oh, was really? that was supposed to have a cinema release this summer. Oh right, um, okay. And that's that that's now dropping on on Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. So interesting. Yeah. I don't know where I stand on film companies releasing straight to demand and bypassing the cinemas. It isn't good for the film industry to do that, but I can see why they're doing it. It's, it's you if can you own see your both, own service, it's a viable yeah, option. You can isn't see it? both sides of the story to it. I don't want to see cinemas go under because film companies bypass them, but you can see why they're doing it. It's it's a strange one. It's a strange debate to get into. Wow, strange times, isn't it? So. Yeah, it is. It is. Anyway, shall we uh, hit some socials? Let's do it. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, our Twitter is at B-O-T-S underscore podcast. Our Instagram is the same, at B-O-T-S underscore podcast. We have a website, it is bottomofthestream.com, where you can find every episode we've ever recorded, all three season stream tables and lots of other good stuff. And we also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash bottomofthestream, where you can, for a couple of quid a month, you can get some extra bonus episodes, you can get some early access to episodes, some free merch, a newsletter every month, all sorts of the good stuff. Yeah, if you can't do that, then uh, please leave us a review either on Podchaser or on Apple Podcasts because that really helps the algorithm and it puts our little thumbnails uh, in front of more people's eyes and in their ears. Definitely. Which is where we want to be. Yeah, 100%. I don't want to be in front of anybody's eyes, but ears is where I'm at. I'm all about being in the ears. Um, If you're going to leave a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts, you might as well leave one on the other one as well. So... (laughs) If you're going to leave it on one, leave it on both. Go for it. <laughs> uh, should we go into Netflix news? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I've not got a lot. There's, there's still not a lot going on. They have been. They have hit the news a little bit this week with the removal of Little Britain from the service. Sure. Uh, little Britain was removed from Netflix, BritBox and the iPlayer. Um, Netflix today also really removed The League of Gentlemen, and but that was scheduled to remove, be removed next week anyway, so I think they've just pulled that forward. Okay. Uh, it seems that they're removing any depictions of blackface, which I think is a very good move, personally. Yeah, sure. I mean, and 
especially the Little Britain thing, I mean, there was a lot of... I, I Let me state at the start, I was not a fan of that show anyway, yeah. really. Uh, but it was definitely in poor taste. I, uh, a lot of 100%. people thought, that, thought of that at the time. To be honest, it's it's well overdue. It was took out of the rotation. Ag- agreed. Um, I, I admit I was a fan of it at the time. I have since then have educated myself on why it was a bad thing. And it was very much a bad thing. Pretty much every sketch in there is offensive to somebody. It just doesn't work in this day and age and it needs to get in the sea. Um, Matt, Matt Lucas, has he did an interview a couple of years ago. This is going back sort of three or four years, I think, uh, where he had basically expressed that. Um, yeah. and, and sort of said it's, it's not a show I would make uh, nowadays. Yeah. Um, you know, recognise the the mistakes at the time. I don't believe David Williams has been so. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen him mentioned in the news. Regretful, no, which is a shame. But but that you know that's a guy who does like fake gayness just to make money, doesn't he? So he's probably got <laughs> a lot more to answer for. To be honest, very true. Very very true indeed. Um, on a lighter note, um, Netflix have announced that all 11 series of the UK version of Shameless are coming to the service. Oh, right. I um, did not know there was that many series of that. <laughs> nor did I, to be fair. Apparently it was 11 seasons. That's all coming on June the 15th, which I believe, yeah, that's the release date of this episode. So that should all be there now. I used to really enjoy Shameless. It's a really good show. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, did. I can't say I watched it all the way I don't through, think I watched 11 seasons of it myself. No way. But when it was at its peak, so I remember like... Um, like the couple of series when like particularly when James McAvoy left and that that, yeah. that sort of series it was ace yeah really good show I've never seen the American version but apparently that's no, really neither. good as well that, me neither that did really well as well so that's it for my Netflix news I have got one little bit of admin from last week's episode okay I've got a couple of bits of news do okay. you want me to do them first do them first and then I'll move on to my admin um, so I just wanted to highlight that uh, this Friday the 12th so again that this will be out by the time uh, that this episode comes out. Yeah. Uh, Spike Lee's new movie hits Netflix. All right. Okay. What's so that? that's called The Five Bloods, um, and it's about uh, a group of friends, ex-military, who uh, they're Vietnam War veterans, and they return to Vietnam to look for the remains of their commanding officer. Uh, right. And it's been getting rave reviews this week on sort of early first looks. Um, right. So yeah. Definitely one to check out, I think. Definitely one to add to the list, for sure. You know, it's another big get for Netflix after having Scorsese last year, Spike Lee this year. So, yeah, yeah, I'll be checking that out. Awesome. Um, The other one I wanted to point out comes uh, to Netflix UK the week after. Uh, Now, if I was to tell you that there is a game show arriving on the 19th of June called The Floor is Lava, would you be excited? Very. (laughs) <laughs> I'm already then, excited then I advise you go and check out the trailer uh, oh, because really? basically it looks like a cross between Ninja Warrior and the Crystal Maze where contestants have to sort of swing, climb, grab and claw their way over a bubbling pool of lava amazing that sounds like so much fun is it actual lava? are they going to burn to death if they fall in? Um, maybe orange soda um, <laughs> but it looks like a lot of fun Cool, yeah, that does sound fun. I'll check out so, the trailer for that. Is the trailer that, available now? Yes, I saw it today, uh, and that arrives on Netflix UK on the 19th of June. Excellent. Um, I'm sure my at least my eldest daughter will love it, so we'll check that out. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, my little bit of admin from last week's episode. Um, obviously, normally I'd go through the top three actors or actresses that are in the film that we do. That didn't go all the way down to the guy who played Dave. Do you remember Dave? How, well, yeah, he was a... He was an absolute piece. Um, <laughs> he was in the first scene, never showed up again, didn't even go to his mum's funeral. He was the middle brother. He was, yeah, as you say, he was in the first scene playing um, Call of Duty. Yeah. So he was obviously a loser with no girlfriend. And <laughs> he, he then just disappeared for the rest of the movie. Yeah, never appeared. Um, um, I think I know where he went. Okay. Um, Dave is played by a guy called Art Parkinson. Great um, name. Art Parkinson has appeared on the stream table before. He was... Do you remember the kid in the acid bag in, a, in The Anomaly? I do, yeah. That was him. Wow. So I think that's where he went. He got kidnapped and put in an acid bag. Hang on a minute. I'm developing a conspiracy here. <laughs> Noel Clark is the link. I think so. That that so must you, be the reason that Noel Clark appears in that film. Do you not think? 
Yeah, Art Parkinson must have got him his job. Yeah, somehow. Because he rescued Small him from world. that bag of acid. Yeah. that's what he, um, He's also in San Andreas with The Rock. I've not seen that. It's all right. It's very, like, patriotic American. Yeah. yeah. Probably most famous, though. He was Rick on Stark in Game of Thrones. Yes, I think we did say that at the time. Yeah, so, yeah, apologies for missing that last week, but I normally do only check the top three or four actors or actresses that are in the film. So, uh, yeah, interesting that that guy's now been on the stream table twice as well. We're, we're racking up these people that have appeared more than once. I know. Like I say, it's a, you know, Netflix maybe needs to get a bit of a bigger little black book to uh, yeah, keep all these people's numbers in. <laughs> definitely. Um, I'm going to run through the top ten on Netflix if you're ready for me to do that. Sure. And then I'll talk about what we've been watching this week after we've done that. Um, currently in at number 10 is Snowpiercer. I haven't watched this week's episode yet because until I've just seen that, I've completely forgotten all about it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> in at number 9 is The Last Days of American Crime. Ah, good. Have you right. heard of this? I have, yeah. This is Netflix's newest original film that they've released. Um, to say it has not had a good reception is an understatement. Did you know it's at 0% on Rotten Tomatoes? I did, indeed. This, I feel that this might end up on our list at some point. Uh, I think it just needs to, you know, it's not going to be on the top 10 as of next week. No. Um, yeah, it's going po- to possibly a, fast. A, bit, a, a bit down the line. This is um, prime bottom of the stream material. It is, except for currently it's rated at 3.7 on IMDb. So yeah. it would be the second lowest film we've ever done. Uh, the only thing that would put us off putting it on the stream table, on the long list, is its runtime. Yes. Do you know it's runtime? It's like two and a half hours. Two hours and 29 minutes. I don't think I've got that in me for one of these films. <laughs> for <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not if it's that bad. It, it Its user rating on Rotten Tomatoes is 26%. Right. And that's awful as well. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, critics hate it and the audience hates it. Yeah. Who's it's watching a, it's it for two and sweep. a half hours? To put it a nine for the on the Netflix. Well, list. They're, they're not, are they? It's, no. it's it could be watching it for seventy seconds or whatever. Yeah, Netflix it's definitely um, Netflix's uh, bullshit way of counting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I did want to briefly mention that that may end up on our list, but chances are it's not going to. Um, in at number eight is the Adams Family. That's dropped a little bit from last week. That was on there last week. Uh, what's dropped quite dramatically from last week is Space Force. In at number seven, I think a lot of people have done what we did. Checked out the first couple. Then not bothered with the rest. And then not necessarily gone back. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been back to watch any more of it. Not me. I pretty much don't intend to either. Yeah. I think that's where I am with that one. Yeah. Uh, number six is Queer Eye. I know you're a big fan of that in your household. Yeah. Watched it all. Have you? Any good? Yeah. Yeah, great. Love it. I've, the it's, few episodes um, I've watched of it, I have quite enjoyed. Your missus has made me watch a few in the past. Yeah, it's it's not. I say we watched the whole series. It's only like five or six episodes. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's just uh, a real positive. It's just positive message, and and you know they helping people out. It's um, yeah, it's um, it does bring a tear to your queer eye. According <laughs> to this, um, this season's ten episodes. Oh, is it? Is it how many? Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's how well, much you love them all anyway. <laughs> you lose track yeah. of how many you've watched. Yeah. Uh, number five is Jurassic World: The Fallen Kingdom. So the latest Jurassic Park film, I think, currently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that appeared on the stream a few weeks ago, didn't it? So that's in at number five. Uh, White Lines is at number four. Was that number one last week? No, uh, I J- believe, Epstein uh, was number one last week, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was it maybe a couple of weeks before it was number one. Yeah. Uh, Epstein is number three. Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. Um, at number two is 365 Days. Do you know what this What's is? What's that? No, I don't. Um, it is... I'll read you the synopsis. It says, A fiery executive in a spiritless relationship falls victim to a dominant mafia boss whose impressions, who imprisons her and gives her one year to fall in love with him. Um, I saw this described earlier as, like, Fifty Shades of Grey, only sexy. Uh, it sounds like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> uh, apparently it's a very raunchy. Right, okay. Like, like Fifty Shades of Grey should have been. That's what it was right. described as to me. So, it's in at number two, so there's some... Dirty people out there watching it. Yeah, did, was it your mum who told you that? <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> it was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was your mum, but I changed it. <laughs> uh, number one this week is Thirteen Reasons Why. Quite, you can see why it's the final season. I'm about, sure. I'm just over halfway of it. I, I enjoy Thirteen Reasons Why, and enjoy is the wrong word because you <laughs> cannot enjoy Thirteen Reasons Why. It's hard watch. 
the, the things these kids go through is it's obviously like a what's the best way of describing it it's not a realistic show in right. that it's it talks about the issues that high school students go through but the same six high school students go through all of these issues <laughs> and yeah. it's how they're not all well they are all psychopathic but it's it's a it's a really tough watch there's a lot of it that is they put a net they put a warning on before and after every episode that's how much of a tough watch it is and it tells yeah, like it, mental health it, issues and there's like school shootings in it there's suicides in it there's attempted suicides there's sexuality issues there's all sorts going on in it and it all happens to these same six kids sure and you can't fault like uh, a program that is sort of brings those issues to light uh, as you say it's just um it's too much <laughs> it, it's just the fact that like it's shoehorned into what is it three three or four series four and, seasons, and yeah happening to six people but yeah. what well what can you do i guess it's, <laughs> it's tv every episode in this season something even more dramatic happens than the last one and you can tell it's ramping up to a final season because well it is the final season because the rules just don't apply in the final season of a show and they were literally just ripping these characters to pieces and yeah, it, no no pacing. No, and it's tough. It is a tough watch. And it always has been, but this season really is. Have you been watching anything else at the top of the stream? Uh, other than Queer Eye, um, I've been trying to finish, uh, and I've still got one. Am I allowed to talk about a non-Netflix thing? Yeah, we have um, in the past. I've, still, I've still got one episode left to watch. Uh, I've really been sort of taking my time because I've really enjoyed it, and that's The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. On Disney Plus, so it's now I I it's now all up there because I think they again they were only releasing it weekly, yeah. Um, which I didn't want to sign up for that, so <laughs> <laughs> waited till it's all there. Um, it's great, I really like it. Um, yeah, no I'm... one else in my house is interested in it, so I can just like take myself away and uh, just enjoy it quietly. Oh, that's <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I haven't got Disney Plus yet, so I haven't got to it yet, but I have heard lots of good things about it. It's much better than. The last Star Wars movie. That's not difficult. No. It really isn't. It's, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, I started watching Dark. Oh, right, Which yeah. we've talked about in the past. It's a German, like, psychological thriller. But I then found a different show, and which has stopped me watching Dark, and has become my favourite TV show, possibly okay. of this whole year. Have you heard of Somebody Feed Phil? No. <laughs> I don't know what is in my mind right now. I tell you what it is, mate. It is fucking brilliant. Um, it's a travel food documentary show. So this guy called Phil goes to a different city in every episode and he tries the food, basically. He starts off with street food and he ends up in Michelin-starred restaurants. So he goes okay. to every type of food you can get in each di- different city. But the guy is the happiest man in the world. Well, amazing. He is, like, he's a... He's from Queens. He's 60 years old and he's a Jew. Right. Um, <laughs> he's a sitcom writer. He couldn't be more stereotypical. Um, he's like a happy Larry David. Great. Um, he wrote, he's the creator and writer of Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, right. Okay. So he created that and he wrote that. And everything he does, he loves. And he's so entertaining to watch. I, I'm definitely going to check that out. Please do. I've watched 10 episodes over this weekend and they're an hour long. Like a full hour. So is, is this just the states he's travelling nope. around, or does he go nope. wider? The first episode I saw, he was in Bangkok. He oh, went awesome. to Ho Chi Minh City, all sorts of places you wouldn't normally go as well, like Seoul. Um, there's one in London. Uh, there's, there is a couple in the states. There's New Orleans, I've watched, and Chicago. Um, that's the that's the dream, isn't it? Landing. Yeah, he's got a the best like job that. in the world, and he knows it. And he absolutely, you can see on his face that he loves it. Um, the producer of the show is his brother, so. It's, he gets him involved sometimes. Sometimes he'll stop recording just to give the crew some food because he's okay. enjoying himself so much. At the end of every episode, he rings his mum and dad on a Skype call and he shows you that and he shows all, them all the food that he's been eating. It's so heartwarming. It's fucking, I love it so much. It's so His wife's in a couple of episodes. Great. It's brilliant. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's so good. It's really made me want to travel. <laughs> it's and I think, something I can't um, do at the minute. Yeah. I think... Um... It's been really good and heartwarming to see some of these shows, you know, with what with everything that's going on at the minute. So you found that, yeah. we, you know, I I'd, um, talked about Queer Eye, which which is definitely in that sort of same vein. Um, and then a few weeks ago, uh, we were talking about Shit's Creek, yeah. which again is just, they're all great shows, yeah. but 
they are positive in a good way. It's not too cheesy. Um, and it's just ah, it's just nice to have a bit of sunshine Definitely. in your life, isn't it? I swear to you, if more people watch Shit Creek, the world would be a better place. Oh. <laughs> it just would. The, Unbelievable. It would change the. It, it's got the potential to change the world. That show. Yeah. But yeah, check out if you've not checked out somebody feed Phil. There's three seasons of it on there now. I think there are about six or seven episodes in each one. Great. Um, and the theme tune is the best theme tune I've ever heard. Okay. Honestly, I can't. Everything about it is brilliant. I can't rave is it, enough about it. Is, it. is it better than the Kimmy Schmidt yep. theme tune? <laughs> wow. I okay. sing along to it every time it's on. I don't know. The Vietnam one was really good. It really made me want to go to Vietnam. Awesome. Oh, brilliant. I'm definitely going to watch that. Definitely that sounds right on my street. It is. You'd love it. You would love it. I swear to you. Ace. Please let me know when you have watched it. I will. <laughs> I need I will. to talk about it to people. Anything else? No. I think that's it for me. Yeah? Shall we yeah. go on, move on and talk about this film then? Let's do it. Okay, this week we watched a film called Acts of Vengeance. Uh, Acts of Vengeance is from 2017. It is a 15, runs for an hour and 27 minutes, currently rated at 5.7 on IMDb. So a little bit under the 6 that we've been used to just lately. Um, Stars Antonio Banderas as Frank. Um, Antonio Banderas was an Oscar nominee this year. Didn't win, but did get a nomination for Pain and Glory, which I've not seen. Okay, yeah. Did you see it? No, I've not seen it, but yeah. Probably most famous, most famous for Mask of Zorro. Um, he's also in Once, I, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I would say, yeah, probably to the widest number of people he is. I mean, I, I always see him as the mariachi yeah. from Desperado. Yeah. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Mainstream that's... is probably his Puss in Boots. Oh, of course he is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably that's his most mainstream, most famous film. Not all of the Shrek films, but some of the Shrek films and some standalone films as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, also stars Carl Urban as Strode. He's probably most famous for Dread, the Judge Dread remake. Um, but he was also in the new Star Trek films. Yeah, he plays uh, the Doctor. Yes, Bones. Yeah, uh, he's in a couple of the Lord of the Rings films, and most recently he was in The Boys on Amazon Prime. All oh, right, yeah. I think he's probably that's where many people recently would know him from. Um, directed by a guy called Isaac Florentine, who is Israeli. He made his name making lots of Power Rangers shows. Okay. <laughs> he directed, you know, all the different Power Rangers TV shows yeah. and movies that are out there. He directed quite a lot of them. Ah, should be right at choreographing some action. Then. <laughs> was, um, after them, he moved on to action films and he's made a few action films as well. So He has a cameo in this film as he well. He does, yes. You're correct. Writer, written by a guy called Matt Verne, who has done lots of horror films. He's only done horror films until this okay. film. Right. And this was his first non-horror film. So yeah, that's the cast and crew. Do you have a one-word review for me? Uh, I did, and I've totally forgotten what it was. <laughs> what was it? Sorry, we can wait. Oh, uh, good. Okay. I'll put some hold music in. Cheesy. Cheesy? Yeah. Wow. Of all the films you but could I don't have mean used that, that in as a the cr- past. Pardon? <laughs> of all the films you could have used that in in the past. <laughs> I don't mean that as a criticism necessarily. Yeah, uh, maybe I do. Let's uh, <laughs> let's crack on. Um, okay, so this is a film in six parts, and we start in part four. Obviously, yeah. Um, it comes up on the screen, part four, and the title of this so, part is "To Expect Bad Men Not to Do Wrong Is Madness." Um, all of the all of the chapter titles are by a guy called Marcus Aurelius in a book called Meditation, which is a part of the film. Yeah, someone's uh, been watching Pulp Fiction, I think. <laughs> yeah, so what? I think you're right. I think, yeah, because it starts in a restaurant, this film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we start in part four, so we know at some point we're going to flash back. But in part four, Frank, who is Antonio Banderas' character, pulls up and, at a restaurant and he kind of sits at a table. The title card appears on his face as he does. He doesn't speak at this point and he positions his shades on the table so that he can see the reflection of the door. He appears to have hypersensitive hearing. Yeah, he's got a spidey sense, hasn't he? Yeah, so he can hear everything that's going on around him. He can hear all the different conversations that are going on around him. And suddenly he hears a cough coming from the kitchen. And that's not very hygienic, so he runs into the kitchen. Yeah, he's a, he's a stickler for <laughs> hygiene. For hygiene, definitely. Um, and he jams the door shut with a broom and starts fighting with the chef that's in there. That's cooking, who's coughing and cooking. At this point... 
there's a there's like a monologue narrator going on over the top of this film. Yeah. For most of the yeah. way through. It does disappear for one point, which I've written down. Um, and then he, uh, the narrator says pause and then rewind. And we rewind back to part one. It was very arrested development. <laughs> it was like, you may be wondering how I got myself into this situation. <laughs> it's exactly like that. <laughs> um, it turns out that Frank is a defence lawyer or defence attorney. And he's going on, he's talking, this is all from, he's narrating as well as being in this film. Yeah. And he's talking about how people waste their words during the day and how, I think he says women speak 20,000 words a day on average. He does. And men speak on average 17,000 words. He, however, speaks 80,000 words, being a lawyer. Uh, but he only ever says three important words and they are, I love you to his wife and his daughter. Told you it was cheesy. <laughs> His daughter's got a show, like a talent show that night, and he is clearly going to miss it because that's what happens in films. Yeah, you've seen this a million times. You know what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. So his wife rings him and says, are you going to come to the show? He says, yeah, I'll be there. Um, Obviously, he doesn't get there. His his daughter goes onto the stage and sings Dreams. Yes. Did you notice the glaring mistake in this scene? Uh, I did not, no. The word talent is written on the stage. Right. And it's spelt incorrectly. Is it? Yes, it has oh, two L's in it. That. <laughs> For some reason, it has two L's in it. Is that a clever joke? Or is that a continuity error? I, I wouldn't know. I think it's a production error, personally. <laughs> but uh, I noticed it, and it is. It, they do mention it in the goof section on IMDb as well. So right. it's interesting. But he does, he misses the whole show. He gets there just as the show's over. Um, his wife and daughter have already left, and the crowd are just filtering out, aren't they? So yep. he goes home, and he goes home, and he leaves a, a bear on the bed, and it's got an I'm, I'm sorry t-shirt on. It's not the first bear. No, the, the, Ap- apology bear he has left for his daughter. Yeah, the camera pans away, and there's quite a few of these bears sitting on the shelf. Um, but then time starts passing, and they've still not come home. Um, yeah, so we get we get to like 10, 10 p.m. Yeah. They're not back. Yeah. So back. She's not answering his calls. Yeah, it gets to about half 11. They're still not back. He's getting a bit worried, and then a police car pulls up outside. Sure. And he he doesn't open the door. He just looks at the policeman through the glass door. <laughs> leaves him out in the rain. Yeah, leaves him out in the rain. Um, and in the next scene, we we meet Frank again, and he's there's like loads of policemen around this like train yard area. Yeah, second week in a row we've in a train yard. Don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> um, and the wife and daughter's bodies have been found. Yeah, they're in like a dr- a drain. Yeah, like a gully type thing, aren't they? Type drain tunnel type thing, like a sewer, I guess. Yeah. Um. Cut to the funeral straight away. Uh, he's do, you know, do you know who wasn't at this funeral either? Dave. Yeah, still not there. <laughs> Fucking Dave. Who was there though? Was Roberts For- Foster, Robert yeah. Forster, not Roberts. Robert Forster. Has he appeared on our show before? He has. He was the uh, father in Small Crimes. He was. I knew. I, I knew it. I couldn't picture where I'd seen him in in this show before. Uh, he recently, uh, and he was pretty good in that. He was. Uh, it might have been the best thing in it. Yeah. He wasn't so good here. No. But uh, I don't think that was necessarily his fault. He's only in this one scene, to be fair. It's a, this it's was a, cameo. a, a completely obnoxious, obnoxiously written yeah. dialogue exchange. <laughs> it really was. It really was. Um, he plays his wife's father, who is called Chuck. It turns out he never liked Frank. And he makes no, no bones. Now his wife, now his daughter's dead, and his granddaughter's oh, dead. He's, he's kept quiet about it so far. <laughs> he makes no bones about telling him at the graveside, though, does he? Yeah, literally, they've not spot. even left the grave, graveside. He tells him, "I never want to hear your voice again." Which I thought, yeah. well, I already know the synopsis to this film. If that's where they're going with this <laughs> film, wow, that's where we find out that Frank's actually. We knew he was an attorney, but that's where we find out he's a defense attorney. And yeah, so he he defends the scumbags. Yes, yeah, so that's what Chuck's saying. He's like, you get off, you get these, you get off with these criminals. <laughs> <laughs> you get these criminals off. It's one way to do it. He, he doesn't get them off either. That's really bad. He <laughs> he, I'm not even going to say it, but he manages to acquit <laughs> criminals of their crimes. So Frank goes home and gets drunk. Yeah, he's not sitting just like double dicking murderers in the. <laughs> no, definitely not. The none of that. In the cell. Not that we see anyway. He's got a lovely house. Yes, he has, yeah. The house is really nice. It's a bit like... Have you seen Parasite? Uh, no, I haven't. It's a no. bit like the, the Korean house in Parasite. He gets drunk, he uh, gets really drunk, and then he punches a mirror. 
the the film the voiceover is still going and it was like a bit of a what do they call those films like film noir uh, yeah that sort of voiceover like wasn't that. it it was trying to be that it turns out the area where the bodies had been found is notorious with the russian mafia because he's gone to see a, he goes to, to see a detective at this point yeah so he keeps going back to we only see it once but we're to, we're told this is like the latest in many visits back to the police station yeah, obviously... to talk, talk to the detective to sort of say what's going on what you know what's going on with this case yeah he's got a relationship with the police obviously being an attorney sure he's a known face isn't yeah. he yeah so he's getting more information than your average joe blogs would as he leaves the police station, he doesn't get anything out of the police but as he leaves the police station he heads off to a bar yeah and he's sitting in this bar and he's getting drunk again and he notices a lot of people are heading to like the back room of the bar yeah and he's like, oh, I wonder where like, they're going. It's, pe- it's people trying to be um, quiet yeah, like inconspicuous. and not arise suspicious, but they're the most obvious <laughs> people. You can see him thinking, I wonder where they're going. Yeah. So in his drunken stupor, he, he wanders out to the back. He pulls a curtain aside and there's like a cage fighting arena back there. Yes, yeah, the second fight club we've had this season as well <laughs> on the show. Yeah. He literally didn't go for a door, he just pulled a curtain. And this curtain is obviously the most soundproof curtain in the world. Sure. Because <laughs> there was a lot of shit going on. There was a lot it's of a people curtain. back there. Um, and it was a raucous crowd. And Frank decides, oh, there's a fight going on in the ring. So what I'm going to do is start a fight in the crowd. Yeah, he picks on like the biggest yeah, bastard he, he can the find. biggest, tallest man there. And he gets his hand beat. Uh, hand? He gets his head beaten in, not his hand. And the voiceover at this point is saying that this is his penance. This is his like retribution for what's happened he feels yeah, he like wants to be punished yeah he feels like if he can get punished he can almost like get over these deaths he gets drunk again and we go into a cage fight monologue a monologue montage we love a montage on this show we haven't had many and now they start well, to appear back again yeah there's not much fighting going no. on <laughs> it's a montage it's of frank getting beat up i'm glad you've called him frank because all through my notes i've just called him tony b why antonio oh. banderas <laughs> I was like, who the fuck's Tony B? <laughs> yeah, we get a montage of Frank getting beaten up, like, constantly. Um, he gets given some days off at work because he's a bit like that. If you know that scene in Fight Club where his boss tells him to take some days off because he's getting beat Basically, up too much. Yeah. That's what this was. He gets told to take some mental health days. And he says in the monologue, in the, I keep saying monologue and it isn't. What's, what's a voiceover? voiceover. Um, he, he's basically saying he can't see how he can defend criminals anymore after what's happened to him. But in the last fight scene in this monologue, fucking hell. <laughs> in the last fight scene in this montage, uh, Carl Urban turns up and rescues him, basically. takes Yeah, him. so he sort of steps into the the cage, doesn't he? And um, yeah. saves him from a, a, his latest pummeling. Yes. It turns out this guy's a cop and he sometimes goes to the cages and he sometimes fights as well. Uh, but obviously he has to be secretive about it because he's a cop. Um, and he, they sit and have a drink together, don't they? Ah, who'd have thought there'd be a violent cop? <laughs> and he tells Frank that the case has been reprioritized to cold, which means that they're no longer investigating what's gone on. They've run out of leads, and they're just going to leave it until something comes up, basically. And he's he really isn't happy about that. No, <laughs> at all. So he gets drunk again, and he goes as he's walking home or walking back through the town. A very young prostitute comes on to him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and swiftly uh, followed by her pimp. Yes, um, and things go south pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, yeah. Frank beats the pimp up, um, but unfortunately, and during the melee, gets a knife in his leg. Is does the the prostitute stabs him? Does she? I think so. Yeah, maybe. Was it one of the goons? I, f- I, I think it might it be her. Pimp, but... yeah. oh, it might have been. It, it doesn't matter. Somehow he gets a knife in his leg. Uh, which makes him fall comedically backwards for a window. It is really funny. <laughs> I, I know it's supposed to be dramatic, but it's proper slapstick. You know what, when, when somebody gets shot and it shoots them backwards in a film? Yeah. It was like that, but he hadn't been shot. He'd been stabbed in the leg. And he, yeah. he just went flying through this bookshop window. There's like massive recoil on that um, <laughs> knife. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, so the the pimp and, the, and, the, and his goons and the prostitute, it was, it was very, very young, I'm going to point out. They run off and leave Frank there lying in this pile of glass and books because it's a bookshop. And he grabs a book and he stops the bleeding with the book. Right. That wouldn't work. No. <laughs> There's no way 
<laughs> you can just hold a book over a stab wound that was definitely quite close to a major artery in his leg and and that's going to be enough for him to limp home. To the point as well where the book is fully readable afterwards. Yeah. Because he keeps the book and refers to the yeah. book numerous times for the rest of the film. Um, the, well, this is the book that all these quotes are yeah, from. Yeah, this is Marcus Aurelius's, what was it called? Meditations. Meditations, yeah. Yeah, so he uses that. He, he kind of hides in an alleyway, doesn't he, for a bit, while the cops are there. And the, the uh, voiceover at this point is saying that finding the book was a sign that he'd been punishing the wrong person. So he sets up a gym in his garage. That Just before that, this this is one of the least sort of movies I think we've yeah, ever watched. So there's, there's, we hit into a gym slash studying montage. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he's using this time to get fit. He wants to be a badass. But it's more the studying bits that made me laugh <laughs> because it just it zooms in on like all the important phrases yeah. in the book. But it doesn't just do that. It blurs out all the words that it doesn't want you to <laughs> yeah. focus on. And it's just like... This is real paint-by-numbers stuff. Yeah, definitely. The the phrases as well become the chapter titles going forward. I've got them all written down, so I'll I'll talk you through them as we go through. Um, Yeah, he sets up a gym in his garage after this, and he also starts training in martial arts. Um, I think, was it karate? I'm not sure. It was one of the martial arts. Yeah, the instructor was the... uh, That's the cameo from the director. Yeah, Isaac Florentine, who is a martial arts expert. There you go. There you go. Another montage. Basically, the montage is of gymming and training in martial arts for quite a long time and it comes out of this montage and the voiceover of frank is saying i'm going to take a vow of silence this is so melodramatic and geez i loved it i thought it was brilliant he's on his own in his um <laughs> in his office uh and you can tell he's very important because he's got many leather bound books <laughs> and the voiceover saying ah oh, i was studying about stoicism and I decided at this point I would become a Stoic and I shall no longer speak because I want my actions to speak louder than words. Yeah. And and then he shushes himself. <laughs> no one else around. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so he's taking this vow of silence until the murders are avenged or until he can avenge the murders. Um, part two comes now. So we've had part four, we've had part one, now we're on part two. Uh, part two is called Punish Only Those Who Committed the Crime. Frank decides to go back to where the bodies were found in this train yard. And <laughs> this bit made me laugh because he's like, suddenly after a couple of days, my hearing has improved dramatically. <laughs> Absolute bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he even says, it's, it's amazing what shutting up for a couple of days can do for you. I'm, like, I'm sure that wouldn't work. but Right, can I tell you something else I loved about this? Yeah. But I hated about this. <laughs> so we've got this guy... The whole gimmick is he's taking this vow of silence. Yes. But the movie is incapable or isn't confident enough to tell the story without him fucking talking all all over the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) But he just does it as a voiceover instead of talking to people as he's doing stuff. It was just, it was bonkers. I was like, you've got to admire its balls in a way. The, The vow of silence is completely unnecessary. Oh, it's only, useless. He only communicates with one other character in the whole film, anyway. So, <laughs> and he just—he just looks rude when he's ta- when he's not talking to her and she's talking. Yeah, to him. and he just commentates on the whole thing. Anyway, but he spends most of the film on his own the most of the time as well. So, oh, didn't need it. Oh, it. It did make me laugh. It was terrible, but it was great because yeah. <laughs> they've just gone all in on it, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, they're not holding back on anything. They don't care. So as he's walking through this train yard, because he's got hypersensitive hearing now because he's not spoken for two days, he hears some noises in a shipping container, which is quite a long way from him and three shipping containers up on a stack. Yeah. Um, so he goes up and checks it out and it turns out somebody's living in there. I thought they had quite a sweet yeah, setup. Yeah, it was quite cool, wasn't it? So properly got a couple of windows and... Well, I say windows. There were holes in the wall in the shipping container. But yeah, but the person, whoever's living there isn't there at the moment. So he just has a bit of a nose around, see if he can find out, and decides, well, there's no, I can't say anything here, I'm just going to leave. So he goes back to his car. But when he gets back to his car, there are four Russian guys there with a dog. Sure. And they ask him for his wallet and his keys to his car. Quite politely, I thought. Yeah, they basically say, give us those, we'll let you get out yeah, of there. No, no, no problem, questions no questions asked. asked. Frank obviously is reluctant to give over his 
keys and wallet. So they set their dog on him. But the dog won't attack Frank. No, because he's also fucking Dr. Doolittle, apparently. <laughs> he just kind of stares at this dog, doesn't he? And the dog just whimpers yeah. and runs away. Dog whisperer. <laughs> so the dog runs off and a fight starts. So I've just written fight in big capital letters. There was yeah standard movie martial arts fight. There was loads of um, people being tossed around and that sort of thing. He can hear every move they're going to make before they make it because he's got these, remember, he's got this hypersensitive hearing. And he manages to take them all out. But just as he does, just as the last one goes down, he takes a gunshot in the stomach. Yeah, so he's able to hear all this stuff in advance. He's able to hear um, whatever noise he heard in the shipping container. He didn't hear the guy get to his feet and, and <laughs> he just heard it when he like pulled the safety off the yeah, gun. Yeah, he heard that and he wasn't quick enough to react to avoid the bullet. No. He's not, he's so, not Neo. <laughs> It's not if, no, it's not that. But <laughs> yeah, I know the, what you mean. The yeah. guy got up. Yeah, turned around. Presumably, he, he hauled himself up the car or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he didn't hear that. Yeah. So maybe his his hearing's not as good as he thinks. <laughs> just after the um, last guy, just after Frank gets shot, the guys all run off, and the dog comes back, just comes wandering. Yeah, back it in. starts shouting for help, basically, yeah. doesn't it? And a nurse hears this dog shouting for help, and she pulls over just as Frank kind of passes out. Yeah, she's just like happens to be driving through this train yard. Yeah, which I never quite got. Apparently, she drives through it every day. She says yeah. that later on, <laughs> on her way to work. <laughs> um, she he wakes up in her bed in her house, and he gets dressed. We find out the nurse is called Alma. I love this line. So basically, <laughs> she says, "She's like, oh, my name's Alma. I work in the local ER." I was like, okay, fine. Bit weird that you'd volunteer that straight away, but fine. <laughs> and then she goes, I also volunteer in a local homeless shelter. <laughs> I was like, why are you telling him Excellent. that? Why is that relevant? <laughs> what? <laughs> You're not a real person. But she didn't need to say that there either because it comes up again later on. And I, we could have learned that then. there's a connection. Yeah. yeah. We need to know it, I, but we didn't need to know it at that point. I, I, again, it just really made me chuckle. She, um, <laughs> she also says that the bullet only grazed him. Uh, and as soon as she says that, he just leaves. He's like, well, if I'm not in any yeah. danger, I'm fucking yeah. off out of here. Um, he goes outside the house. She doesn't follow him. She she doesn't make any attempt to stop him leaving. Turns out the dog's sitting outside the house waiting for him. She didn't let that in the house. And it follows him as he walks off down the street. And it follows him all the point to the point where he takes it home with him. He does, So yeah. he's got a new dog now. Um, when he gets home, he's got one of these like whiteboards that people have in films that have just got like string all over them and photos. And- it is... He's got a bat cave. Yeah, basically. Uh, uh, and he makes a mood board. Um, <laughs> doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so he's got that. And, and this really made me laugh as well on. because he's, well, it's it's just like the post-it notes and stuff. He's, so obviously he gets all the newspaper cuttings, yeah. like you say, that he gets the red string, um, standard Photos movie trope. Yeah. But, but then he's got these post-it notes and it literally says, train yard. <laughs> Shipping container. <laughs> and then, like, homeless guy, question mark. I just, I just, it really amused me. It is really simple, isn't it? The nurse turns up at his house. She knocks on the door and she's like, oh, you left your wallet in my house. And then she says, and your address is on your driving license. As if we didn't know how she would have found his house. Yeah. Even though she's got his wallet. He, thank, well, he doesn't thank her because he never speaks to her. But he, she, he, he, she's, he doesn't want her there, basically. Yeah, she says if you need any help. Yeah. But she hit me up. She wants to check his wound. So she's yeah. like, I need to check your wound. So he lets her in and she changes the bandage on his um on his wound. And she gets a bit offended that he's not talking because she finds out that he, he she knows that he can talk because he talked in his sleep whilst he was asleep. And so why won't he talk when he's awake? And all he says is two names over and over again. And so he gets the like order of service from the funeral and he just gives that to her. And she gets really upset. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry, all of a sudden. She's like, completely knows what's going on. She still doesn't know why he doesn't talk. No. She just assumes that he doesn't talk because his wife and daughter are dead. And then he he shows her his mood board. Yeah. (laughs) And she just stands in front of it and she's like, ah, yes, I can see through these simple post-it notes exactly what you're going for. (laughs) Bear in mind, he never speaks to her. All the way through this film, he never speaks to her. And is that when she says, oh, I know this area yeah, really it is, well? Yeah, she's like, I know this area really well. Because she's only got a picture of a shipping container. Yeah. She's like, I know this area really well. 
Um, <laughs> this really made me laugh. This proper made me belly laugh. He he grabs the dog, and he's he's like, "Oh, this dog's got a collar on. I haven't noticed that before." And the, t- the collar's got TSA written on it, which it's a fucking drug sniffer dog. <laughs> it's of transit it is. security dog, and happened to be working for the Russians. It's, <laughs> it's trying to smell out small smells in crowds. He says, "Yeah." So he's like, well, that's what I need. That's, <laughs> that's exactly that's pretty convenient, isn't that is it? Exactly what I need to help me in my mission. Um, so he takes it back to the train yard. He, he just makes the dog smell around a bit, and the dog finds a manhole cover. And when he lifts lifts the manhole cover, he finds his wife's handbag. Yeah, which is handy. Cut from there to part three. We're now into part three. So we've had four, we've had one, we've had two. Now we're in three. Um, it says part three. There is nothing that hinders you from what must be what. <laughs> must be what done. Must, I can't read my right. There's nothing that hinders you from what must be done. So he's on a stakeout now, and he's staking out this shipping container that he's found. Because for some reason he realised he figured the shipping container had a view of where the bodies were found. It did. That's yeah. his only lead that he's got. So he thinks, well, this must be whoever's in living in here must have seen what went on. Yeah. Even though they're not in now, and they weren't in the last time he was there. So he stakes it out, and suddenly a man shows up who is coughing he chases him and but uh, he loses him like instantly he, he, the guy is good he like gives him the slip considering like tony b has been training <laughs> up and uh you know becoming this sort of stealth amazing ass kicking guru yeah. uh this this homeless dude just can't, gives him the slip you can't chase no a man problems. with a cough no <laughs> he heads over to the nurse's house after that but she's not there so He's he's like I'll go to the hospital, but just before he gets there, she's being confronted by some goons. She they kind of grab her out of her surgery room, don't they? Yeah. And just as they leave, Frank shows up. Like again, it's hilarious because it, they leave. It flips back to a reaction shot of Alma, yeah. and then the camera flips back, and Frank's just yeah. there. There's no way he didn't see these goons. <laughs> no, you're right. It's literally seconds. Yeah. Um, turns out, quite ha- quite uh, coincidentally, she knows the man who lives in the shipping container. Of course she does. <laughs> she knows his name. Well, she knows what people He's call him. He's not had to work very hard to solve this so no, far. No, not at all. <laughs> she. Um, the police are terrible. <laughs> she doesn't know his name, but she knows that people call him Mr. Shivers. Um, but she, she doesn't know what he looks like. So she knows she does, somebody she, lives there. She does know where he works. She does know where he works. She knows somebody lives there. She knows what people call him, but she's no idea what he looks like. But she doesn't know where he works. Okay. So he drops her home. And as he leaves, the, the goons, the same goons that were in the hospital, they show up. And it turns out she's been stealing drugs from the hospital for them. Yeah. For some unknown reason, which was unnecessary to the story. Um, yeah, it never goes back <laughs> there really, does it? No, the only reason they did it is because Frank shows back up again because he's obviously clocked these goons. And there's another fight scene. Yeah, and he basically fights all of them and beats them all down. The fight scenes were quite good, to be fair. They, they didn't go on for very yeah, long, were, but they were they were all right. no, they, they were yeah, they were fine. Considering a man of Tony B's age, come on, he was uh, he was worlds apart from uh, when we had to sit through all those Van Damme ones in that <laughs> Blackwater film. Very true, very very true. Where, where clearly Van Damme could could barely lift his his leg. <laughs> uh, Bandaras did a good job yeah. here. In in the fight scenes, it was yeah, it was perfectly fine. Yeah, agreed. She basically tells him after they've all cleared off that they force her to steal drugs for him for them. So Tony B's like, oh, I'm gonna start calling him that now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take you back to my house instead. You can stay there for a bit. So she stays overnight, and the next morning she makes breakfast, and they have a bit of breakfast together. So they're forming a relationship, even though they never speak to each other. She speaks, he doesn't. Yeah. Um, then it goes to part four. So we're back again at part four. So we've done four, one, two, three, four. Um, so this basically the film now kicks back in from where we started with it at the beginning back to the fight with the chef in the kitchen I don't know if you remember that turns out the chef in the kitchen is the guy the homeless man that he's been chasing around the guy with the cough who lives in the shipping container which overlooks where his wife and daughter were murdered and he saw the whole thing he did see the whole thing Um, he shows him a photo and he does recognise them but he says I'm not a killer but then he says it was a carp just like that. No, I'm not even exaggerating. It was just like that. <laughs> yeah. So up until this point, yeah, 
I'd forgotten Carl Urban had been Me in too. this for two Completely minutes. Completely forgotten that he existed. <laughs> And it kind of ruined the rest of the film for me. <laughs> because, as I say, this is the least subtle film I believe I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, as soon as you said it was a cop, I was like, oh, I don't need to see the rest of this film now. Pretty much exactly was the reaction I had as well. <laughs> no, exactly where this is going now. Um, Shivers was there. He saw the whole thing. Um, we get a flashback and we see the whole thing now. So the cop pulled over. I don't know. Did we ever find out a name for the wife and daughter? Yeah. I didn't get it. Uh, if we did. Yeah, uh, the wife is Susan and the daughter is Olivia. Cool. Okay. So he, the cop pulled them over and he basically beat up Susan and took the car to the warehouse, which is at the train yard, and he killed them in there. We don't know how he killed them. We just know that he killed them. Um, Shivers is explaining all of this and he says he took the purse from the car, took the money from the purse and then put the purse in the manhole cover. Yeah. And... That's kind of the end of the reaction, interaction with Shivers. Ta- yeah, because Tony B's also become like an expert in um, facial um, tells yeah. and body language. Because the voiceover says, "Like I could tell, I could tell he this one was <laughs> I could, no killer. I could tell he wasn't lying. Yeah, he was like, this guy may have been a homeless fool, but he's no killer." <laughs> it's exactly like that as well. We're not even exaggerating. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly like that. Um, Frank then sneaks into the police station really inconspicuously, sits in the waiting room, waits for a distraction and just goes backstage to the police station. Yeah, he can also hack into computers. Yeah. It's uh, all comes though, when you can't speak. Sure. It's all comes. You get all these new skills. Um, and he wants to find out who was patrolling that district that night. And he says, I was surprised to see a familiar face. <laughs> we went. <laughs> uh, cut to part five. Part five is called The Best Revenge is to Be Unlike Your Enemy. He, the, it, this starts with him putting Strode's picture up on his board for no reason. It's the, it's the, the final piece of the it, puzzle. It must have just had a shiny light that said killer above the top of it. Just, but when he put the picture up, there was this dramatic like, yeah. as if like, here you go, guys. Bear in mind, the only people that see this board is, Twist. the only person that sees this board is himself. And he's able to put this picture up just in case he forgets. Oh, it's that guy. I remember now. In case this turns into memento. (laughs) So he starts staking out. He starts following Strode, doesn't he? And um, he watches Strode have a fight. He says, I followed him for seven nights and I even changed my car a few times to remain inconspicuous. And it shows you him unveiling this like matte black (laughs) sports car. It's just to show off a... Yeah, yeah it's like, I've got all these so he, different cars. Look at yeah. this one under a tarpaulin. And this rips the tarpaulin back. Yeah, he says, I followed him for seven nights and eventually manages to get into Strode's house because he finds out where Strode... For some reason, Strode leaves his keys in a plant pot. Doesn't, yeah, I didn't get it. He locks why, his why door to do his that? house, goes in his car, but doesn't take his door keys with him. He leaves them in a plant pot. He goes through Strode's wardrobe and he finds a jacket. And because... Earlier on in the film, we're told the only lead the police have is some gold fibres that have been found, like material fibres. And he finds the jacket and one of the police badges has been ripped. Right. So, <laughs> you would I'm think... I'm having so much fun. <laughs> me too. You would think uh, that... So, when he was there earlier talking to the detective and the detective was saying, you know, the leads are drying yeah. up, all we've got is these fibres, yeah. that said police department would have been able to analyse them and put together that they are the same fibres used on their own uniforms. <laughs> the policeman who's doing the analysing is wearing one of the one of the uniforms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they didn't, anyway. But he finds this ripped badge on one of the jackets. And he's like, I've seen films before. I know that wardrobes have hidden compartments behind them. I'll check. So he, he moves on the clothes and he finds this hidden compartment in the wardrobe. Yeah, um, for no reason. It just it's like it's, it literally is like I've I've seen these before, and inside the inner compartment is a suitcase, and inside yeah. the suitcase is loads of magazines. Because what we haven't been yeah, told, he's before, found his uh, he's found his porn collection. <laughs> no, what we haven't been told no. before this, we knew that Frank was a defense attorney. We didn't know that he was a celebrity defense attorney. He's actually <laughs> famous, so he appears on the cover of all of these lawyer magazines and police magazines. Yes. It's like Lawyer Monthly, isn't yeah. it? Like well, I think one of them was Lawyer called Monthly. that. I think one of them was <laughs> called Law Monthly. So obviously, and there's also like some newspaper cuttings, isn't there? 
And yeah. it turns out that Strode's daughter was killed by somebody that Frank had got off with a previous crime. Yeah? Is that how you understood it? Absolutely. <laughs> um, and there's also a digital camera, a really old school digital camera, not even one of these new ones. And it ha- on the digital camera are some long lens shots of Frank and his family. The The camera, by the way, has no long lens. No. <laughs> it's no. not like a SLR camera. It's a shitty little £20 digital camera. And pictures are also of Frank at the funeral, randomly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just I just remembered what happens next. <laughs> Made me laugh again. Um, Strode comes home next, but Frank's already left. And But he leaves a picture, a photograph that he's taken of the camera so, with the photo on. So let me understand yeah, what's happened on. here. So, so Tony B yeah. has taken a picture with presumably his phone yeah. or another camera... Yeah. Of the picture on the camera. Yeah. So he's taken a photo he's then of the camera. Gone and, he's then gone and printed it out. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> come back yeah. and put it under the windscreen yes. wiper. Why didn't he just take the camera? <laughs> why didn't he just... If he's going to print a picture, why didn't printed? he just print the picture? Yeah, exactly. Or why, did he do, why did he need to leave the picture? Why didn't he just write a note? Again, he's not as tech savvy as... I just assumed uh, he'd that he'd been led used to believe. Schrode's printer. Well, it's quite difficult to set your phone up to a printer that's not yours. So it's, it's well difficult. <laughs> Whereas that camera surely would already be <laughs> set up with the yeah, the, oh. you'll have the cables and everything somewhere in that house. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was so that made me laugh it, as well. And there's a note on the back of this photo as well. And it, oh yeah, it tells uh, Frank to meet him at the train yard at 11 p.m. Or Frank tells Strode to leave him at, meet him at the train yard at 11 p.m. Uh, cut to that, and they do. They meet in the warehouse section of the train yard. They have a bit of a stare down, don't they? They're, they're standing in the headlights of both of their cars. Yeah. And just as it's all about to kick off, Strode takes a shot at him, but misses. And so then there's a bit of a chase scene around the warehouse, and there's another fight. He manages to taunt Frank out by just abusing things and abusing his wife and daughter. And then. Yeah, it's like you worked it out at last. <laughs> And they have a let's finish this. They have a huge fight, and this this fight is good. It goes on for ages, and you can tell these are two trained action movie stars uh, sure. who are having a choreographed fight scene. It is it is good. It's probably the best. It is the best fight scene in the film. Yeah, it's full of like reversals, yeah. isn't it? There's a bit of sort of MMA stuff going in there. Yeah. Uh, go for a few tables, you, that sort of. You thing. don't realize how big a guy Carl Urban is. He's yeah, he's huge. a, he's, a unit. <laughs> he's a proper unit. Strode gets the advantage. He looks like he's going to win. He's um, he got Frank in a chokehold, and Frank's eyes are bugging out, and he manages to stab Frank in the side as well with this it's like piece of jagged metal that he's found. Yeah, uh, but just as Frank's about to pass out, he gets like a second wind from somewhere. He goes like all zen, yeah. doesn't he? And he's he's like goes at peace, and then he yeah he reverses the uh, the hold. Yeah, and. Man, he takes, he rips the knife out of his own body, and manages to stab Strode with him, Strode with it, and he's over, standing over Strode's body, about to kill him, and the voiceover kicks in, and he doesn't kill him, he just knocks him out instead, and that's when you repeat the title of this chapter, which was the best revenge is to beat unlike your enemy. Yeah. Um, cut to part six, and part six is called "Accept the things to which fate binds you." There's like a press conference going on on the courthouse steps. Which basically is the police chief saying Strode was a bad cop. Um, he's got what we deserved. The case was iron tight. Yeah. Um, so basically, we know. Not a, not a phrase. Well, it is now. <laughs> what, what was the word I was using? What was the phrase I was thinking of? Iron, I think, iron clad. I think you're looking for iron clad. <laughs> iron. Or watertight. Water clad. <laughs> the case was water clad. <laughs> um, and justice has been served. And Frank's watching this on the TV with Alma. And they go to his wife's grave, his wife and daughter's grave. And he says, I love you, which are the only three words that are important in the world, according to the voiceover. And he drives, <laughs> as he says, I love you to his wife, he drives off with his new girlfriend and his new dog. And yeah. that is where the film ends. Uh, there is a dedication at the end of the film where it says dedication to the memory of Barbara Florentine and Sherilyn Stetz. Uh, Barbara Florentine is the wife of the director who passed away from cancer. And Sherilyn Stetz was a f- 
famous makeup artist in Hollywood who also died of cancer during the making of this film. Okay. The end. What did you think? Uh, this is a not a good film. <laughs> um, but it was it flew by. Oh. This was a remarkably easy Couldn't watch. Couldn't agree more. It's absolute no brainer. It is. It's like popcorn film, isn't it? What do they call them? Chewing gum films. Where you just chewing yeah. gum for the brain. You just ignore everything, ignore the world around you, and just enjoy it. It's. Do you think it's at that level where it's so bad that it's good? It's um, entertaining. It's entertaining. It's not. I don't know if it's bad enough to be so bad. It's good. Yeah. Uh, it knows it's not good, uh, and I I find it really entertaining. But it's forgettable. So it's not bad enough that it's gonna. Rem- I'm gonna remember it. Yeah. Um. That's kind of where I am with it. It's. It's. Um. I. Yeah. I enjoyed it while I was watching it. Yeah, but it's not gonna stick around. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah. There's not too much memorable. About I didn't this. hate it. I was never um, bored of it. Like you say, it no, absolutely flew by. The story's good. There are some dubious plot points to it and some strange gimmicks used. I, d- I just found that voiceover was just <laughs> ridiculous. So unnecessary. It was so cheesy. It was. Yeah, it it was hilarious. To, to, um, be, to have a film about a man having a vow of silence with that man then narrating over the top of it. Yeah. Genius. It is so, <laughs> so good. But Tony B's yeah, good. He is. He's, he's a good. good. He's a good lead. Um, he carries it all the way through. He, he attacks it, doesn't he, with earnestness? Yeah, yeah he's 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 good. He's good. He's value. in every scene. Um, he, he he basically just he carries it completely. He's the only really the only one in it. <laughs> you, you know, it's so paint by numbers though. I mean, like I said, I forgot Carl Urban was in it, and then when he turned up, it was all yeah. over. <laughs> he knew straight away. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I, you know, a bit more, bit could have done with a bit more care and attention. But then I don't really care that much about it because it was, like I say, it was fun for an hour and twenty minutes, yeah. Um, and it just, yeah, it's better. It's, sort of, it's the sort of film that people have put on on a Saturday night. If you're into action films or revenge flicks or things like that, you're going to enjoy it. My mum and dad would yeah. really enjoy it. They'd watch it. That's the sort of thing they'd watch on a Saturday night if they can figure out how to work Netflix. This they struggle with sometimes. They've pretty much mastered Netflix now. They can't get their head around Amazon Prime, but they have, right. they have for them. They have pretty much mastered Netflix now. But yeah, they'd they'd enjoy it. It's that sort of film. Saturday night in front of the TV, just sit with some snacks, pizza and a Magnum. <laughs> Living the dream. Absolutely. Have you got a trivia question for me? Uh, I have. Yeah, I might have two. I've got two. It's my turn to go first. I think. Uh, if you say so, <laughs> I can't remember. I think, uh, I will let uh, you go first as you are trailing. We've got two. Uh, I'll do what you do. Choose a number, one or two. 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 Name the... At the very beginning of the film, when he finds the cage fight, what was the name of the bar? Uh, the bar was called The Pit. You absolute bastard. <laughs> Damn you. It was. Well done. That's 6-3 to you. Sure is. Go on then. Um... I don't know if this is too easy. <laughs> I don't know if you'd have picked up on it, so I'm going to go for it. Okay. Uh, it it's the same question I asked you two weeks ago. <laughs> Fucking hell. What city was this set in? Pittsburgh. Correct. Yes! Do you know how I knew that? Cause there's a, Why? Because there's like a long shot of the city, like an aerial shot of the city. Yeah. And I was like, I've been to Pittsburgh. We've both been to Pittsburgh together. And I was like, that looks like Pittsburgh. <laughs> I never checked, and so that was a guess that it, I, I recognised it from that aerial shot so, of the city. So that that was my risk because I didn't know if you'd have spotted that shot or not. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, I also like that the pit was called the pit because it's in Pittsburgh and uh, it's a fighting pit. Clever. Yeah, I, I didn't. I never checked if that was Pittsburgh. I just remember thinking in that long shot that looks just like Pittsburgh. Sure. Having we both we both went to Pittsburgh years ago. Yeah. Yeah, 17 yeah. years ago. <laughs> Jesus. Cool. That's it. So that's 6-4. Yeah. So I'm keeping pace. Excellent. You're in striking distance. That's fine. <laughs> I guess that means we need to talk about the stream table. Sure. Where does this go on the stream table? Um, It's... I think I've got a rough area where I want to put it. Go on. I went first last week, so... I think it goes either side of mute. Um, Do you want me to run through the table? Yeah, what's around that area? Just remind. Currently in 11 is Deadly Detention. 
Uh, in 10 is Thoroughbreds. 9 is Holidays. 8 is Ark. 7 is I Kill Giants. 6 is Take Me. 5 is Mute. 4 is Peelers. 3 is First Match. 2 is Bad Day for the Court. And currently at number 1 is Fast Colour. Yeah, I think it goes either side of Mute. Uh, I'd have this just below Ark. Oh, wow. That's a long way. <laughs> That's a long lot of it's not a good. It's not a good film. No, I guess it's not. I guess I'm being a bit high, bit high there. Because it isn't as I good. Mean, uh, it isn't as good as Take Me either. It's, no, you're right. I think you're right. I think I've over exaggerated it a little bit there. Because it's not as good as I Kill Giants either. It's fun. I'd, I'd, I really I enjoyed, enjoyed watching it. it. But you're right. It's not a good film. I enjoyed it because it's not a good film. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we enjoy. We enjoy not good films. That's why we do this show. I'd, I'd, and I didn't. didn't particularly enjoy last week's movie but I, d- I don't think I can say that this is a I don't think I can rank this higher than I Kill Giants no I'm, I'm with you I, I don't know what I was thinking there it is no you're right it isn't as good as I Kill Giants it isn't as good as Take Me either fucking Ark's gonna get in the way again <laughs> fact it's better than Holidays that's a fact yeah so sure, sure you're right it does go either side of Ark fucking I hate Ark it's, it's right in the middle of this table for no reason um <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bothered either way. Yeah, just below. Just below Ark. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I'll, I'll take that. It's, yeah, Ark. I don't like Ark, but it is... I'm torn there, but yeah, I'll go with Come that. on, they, these are these are in the same ballpark. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, so, they're, they're, they're just, so similar. Yeah. Well, the, no, yeah. Not similar films, similar level of film. Yeah, I'm happy with that. So it goes into ninth. Cool. Out of 12. Yeah. Yeah, I've really enjoyed talking about it. Me too, I've really enjoyed I this episode. I thought I would. I really, really enjoyed it. Not that I don't always enjoy our episodes, obviously. <laughs> Are we going to um, randomise for next week's film? Yes, let's do it. Right. Uh, uh, okay, I've got the app. I'm going to press the button. Are you ready? Oh, before I do, what are you looking for from next week? Uh, I am looking for a flat-out comedy. We've not done that for a, a while. flat-out comedy. I'll take that. Right, let's see what we get, shall we? It has picked a film called Time Out. I want you to tell me what Time Out is about without looking. It's a sports movie um, and it's a light-hearted look at the difficult job that uh, sports teams have uh, calling timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, a bit like the that... water boy, but... Um, for timeouts, <laughs> I've no idea what I'm saying. Um, no, you're wrong, um, well, but you are right in the fact that it is a comedy. Right, good. So you wanted a comedy. You have been I granted did. a comedy. Um, Thank you, randomizer. This film's called Time Out in the UK. It's called Furlough in America. Oh, appropriate. <laughs> Quite appropriate at the minute. Uh, do you want the synopsis? Yes, please. Uh, when an inmate is granted one weekend out of prison to see her dying mother, a rookie corrections officer struggles to keep her under control. Okay. Uh, stars Melissa Leo, Anna Paquin's in it. Okay. Whoopi Goldberg's in it. Hello. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so yeah, go out and watch Time Out, and we'll come back next week to talk to you about it. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Love you. 